This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. I hope uh, you were able to walk away with the uh, nice uh, Michael Pelka prize that uh, preceded this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. Not everyone gets the stunt brain European soccer championship soccer ball. You're able to kick stunt brain. Just like it would be his head. Maybe he didn't give it away this week. I probably shouldn't have said anything. Welcome to it. How in the world are you? How are you? Really? Because man, oh, man. Man, oh, man. We Let's start. Uh, we can start. Top story? Turkey? Coup? Yes. They took it over. No, they didn't take it over. And, of course, they didn't take it over. Uh, Forces loyal to Turkey's president stomped out the coup. Left a bunch of people dead. And, of course, uh, Erdogan uh, said uh, uh, those responsible will pay a heavy price for their treason to Turkey. I believe you can count on that. Don't you worry about that. Now, Turkey is a, you know, a prime spot in the world. Um, We had, of course, you know, allies lined up to condemn the coup because they need Turkey. If the coup happens, things shut down in Turkey. And we have to start rebuilding relationships and trying to uh, uh, redo what we have in Turkey. And Turkey is a, a, a prime spot in the Middle East. For the U.S. and many of our allies. Now they claim the uprising appears to have been backed by most of the senior ranks in the military. And of course, Turkey's main opposition parties quickly condemned the attempted overthrow. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Why? Because uh, condemn it or die. I believe that's the... uh, that's the new phrase on Erdogan's desk, condemn or die. Um, the prime minister said that 161 people had been killed, over 1,400 wounded, and 2,839 plotters had been detained. Really, that should read, and a few thousand plotters never to be seen again. 
I don't know. Yeah, well, originally they said they had the coup had taken over, and then they were saying no, they didn't. It looks like the the coup was uh, you know a little shabby. They needed they needed a little help running the thing. I mean, Erdogan was on the beach, and then he was flying home, and then he got home, and he's doing a TV report on his cell phone. I mean, we should have locked him down. Right? Shut off the internet. They should have been, uh, you know, been ahead of the curve a little bit, and they weren't. And if you're going to go after uh, Erdogan, you're going to need to be way ahead of the curve. Way ahead of the curve. So, it failed. Now, they said they didn't fail. I love the, uh, you know, when the first started reports we were hearing, we say they seized control. We're going to reinstall the constitutional order, human rights and freedom, ensure the rule of law again reigns in the country, and law and order to be reinstated. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The law and order is reinstated, all right, with the man at the top. Condemn or die. Condemn or die. A lot of people were all wound up about uh, Obama uh, getting behind him. But look, he's elected. You know, I know. I know. But he's elected. And he has to be behind him, right? I mean, we can't be, uh, although he hasn't been behind some of them before. That's for sure. What This guy. I don't want to, I can't spend, I can't, I can't spend three hours on him. But he is, and by he I mean President Barack Obama. (sighs) After this week, after this week uh, here in Dallas, we had the memorial service, at which he was, you know, front and center. We've had the funerals. Um, Maybe now we can start to heal the wound a little bit here in Dallas. Uh, But our president, uh, I saw an interview with his little town hall, and they tried to, you know, throw up a big curveball in front of him with uh, our lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick. Who, you know, he's all right. I don't mind. Dan's okay. I don't know the man personally, but he's okay, I guess. I mean, and, uh, you know, he was there and he tries to, I could could play the audio for you. It's, you know, it's four or five minutes, but it's the same stuff. You know, Dan says, hey, hey, Dan tries to be nice because he's the president and says, you know, I know that you have been, but, and of course... Barack, being what he does, you'd have to be hard-pressed every time. You know, he talks about, I say this, I say I'm behind the police 100% of the time, and going back to Ferguson, and you'd have to, you know, you'd have to find something, but you can find that I've said that. Yes, you have, Mr. President. See, that's the sad thing. Yes, you have. He says the right things about five seconds, and then spends the next ten minutes saying all the wrong things. So, when you come back to him and say, you didn't believe it, he's able to say, yeah, I did, I I, I said it. I mean, right there, I said that the police are great and they're doing a great job and we should back them. 
What are you talking about? Of course I love the police. Nobody's a bigger backer of the police than me. (sighs) Uh Uh-huh. You're right, sir. No one. The police acted stupidly. If I had a son, he would look like Trayvon. The police have been, I can't, I just can't take I don't want to beat him up for the whole three hours. I don't. Although, maybe I spent some time and just get audio clips and beat him up for three hours. Might be worth a, might be worth a broadcast, but I don't know that I can listen to him for three hours. Now, France, let's move on to France. To Nice. I know it's Nice. Get off me. Now, they have not indicated whether the attack uh, in Nice at the Bastille party celebration, whether the attack stemmed from someone taking direction from ISIS or an ISIS member. However, um, an ISIS, it's being reported that an ISIS soldier carried out the attack in Nice. 84 people dead. That's what the group said on their you know, their media outlets. ISIS.com. It's amazing. Uh, and not amazing. It's unbelievable. Um, dozens of people killed. Hundreds of people injured. Still dozens of people on life support. And struggling to survive. Now he was the terrorist was shot to death by police after he barreled down the promenade. He almost went a mile, a mile. They talked about the barricades. You know, this kind of they were calling this a soft target, and really, you know, kind of was because they had you had the or the soccer tournaments going on. And they were saying, you know, that this is, the security there was uh, unmeasured. Uh, then they had the you had the Tour de France going on, and they were concerned that something was going to happen there, so they you know security was tight. So the big Bastille a party convention, not a convention, the big uh, celebration, get together, the party on the beach every year in Nice uh, was. Secure, but not on lockdown. And they talked about how he, you know, once he crashed through the barricades, but the barricades weren't those big concrete barricades that we think of. So it was, you know, fairly, fairly easy for him to crash the truck through. Drove for almost a mile. It was, you can see some of the footage. It's it's really, really crazy. I mean, bodies flying in the air. They're dead everywhere. Now, his truck had weapons in the back. I heard one reports claiming that some of those weapons were fake. Uh, some of those weapons weren't real guns. I heard Buck Sexton say yesterday that no one was shot by him, yet he was firing uh, his weapon 
in the truck as he was, you know, crashing through the crowd. So it was either, you know, he wasn't aiming at anyone, just shooting in the air to create panic and just keep driving people over, which is a possibility. I mean, you start hearing gunfire like that, you start freaking out, and then the next thing you know, you've got, you know, Mercedes slammed in your face. And it was terrible, terrible. One 16-year-old girl talked about uh, how someone tried to throw her out of the way. Think of that. You're just trying someone. You're you're there. You see the truck. You're trying to save someone. You just throw them out of the way. I tried to roll myself into a ball so that people wouldn't crush me. It was, I was still hit in the stomach and the leg. Sixteen-year-old. Horror. We had a cup, uh, a man and a son killed from Texas that was there for the celebration. France is devastated. Um. A lot of people are claiming, hey, this is a big step back. A year and a half of intense efforts to protect the country, and they're still one of the most threatened countries in the Western world by terrorism. What is it? When will we just find someone that says, at what point? I mean, do we decide that this is ISIS? Not just a lone wolf terrorist who had mental problems, according to his father. And decide, look, we're going to take him out. I mean, it proves, we were talking about this the other day, it proves what, how strong the United States is as in leading the world. In leading the world. Because... Our president won't put the hammer down. And so while other countries can say they're putting the hammer down, try and put the hammer down, it's not the United States of America. It's not us. It's not us. And so... When we just kind of are wishy-washy, this is, this is what happens. And it's funny how the ex- exactly what people said would happen is happening. Huh. Huh. If we don't go all the way now, something worse is going to happen. We can't pull out. We've got to leave enough men there. Otherwise, something bad is going to happen. Oh, no, 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 no. We'll be fine. Uh-huh. It'll be fine. Don't you worry about it. We'll just attack places around the world. You know, forever. Until, you know, we rule you. Uh, No. I think it's almost time that we not let that happen. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the show. You know, if you're in the market for a new mattress, Casper.com slash Fisher should be the next website you visit. 
Casper has created an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It's one perfect mattress that's sold directly to you, eliminating the need to endure one of those commissioned salesman mattress stores with inflated prices. Casper is shipped for free to your door, delivered in a sleek, how did it fit in there box? You just let it unfold, and there you have it. One of the most supportive sleep surfaces ever designed, hassle-free. Casper is made in America and is now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Breathable latex and memory foams are combined for just the right sink and just the right bounce. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Right now, get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash Fisher. Casper.com, promo code Fisher. Terms and conditions apply. Casper.com slash Fisher. Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. That it does. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Paggs, all coming up on the Blaze Radio Network, all live. All just for you. Now, MSNBC, I happened to be watching it yesterday for Don't Ask Me Why. I don't know why. It was just, it was, I was scanning channels and there was Brian Williams and I stopped. And I seriously, I thought, I was watching it, and I'm listening to Brian, and he's smooth, he's a good guy, you know, I mean, he's all right. But I'm thinking, here's a guy that really, I believe zero of what he says. Zero. I know he's a smart man. I got all that. He was, you know, he was Mr. NBC Nightly News. But seriously, I mean, I... I, I don't even know why they have him on. The credibility is gone as far as I'm concerned. And so with the Nice attacks, I see uh, the Blaze has a story up uh, on uh, about MSNBC and how they reported on it. And, you know, their first tweet was uh, follow our live blog for the latest from Nice after a truck crash leaves at least 70 dead. It's responded. Uh, someone responds to it. Truck crash? Seriously? Who writes this crap? You have minimal credibility as it is. Why throw what little is left in the toilet? Somebody responded to the truck crash tweet again. MSNBC, truck crash? What is wrong with you people? <laughs> uh, and then, then starts the politically correct stuff. Uh, Clearer roadway markings essential to pedestrian safety as evidenced in Nice truck truck accident. French races prevent Muslim truck driver from making deliveries. White high-capacity assault-style truck inspired by NRA and NASCAR kills dozens. Unemployment causes truck attack in Nice. No truck needs 18 wheels. Come on now. Next response, how the Tea Party made truck purchases so easy. I mean, we it, those are those are pretty pretty funny and I know that it's the nice attack. 
and I know that we've got oh, right now we've got over eighty souls that died from this man, and plenty more holding on for dear life. But because of MSNBC, I mean, come on now. And so then Brian Williams, uh, if they didn't have any, if he has just a sliver, I mean, we all say things on the air that, you know, after we say them, we go, ooh, probably shouldn't have said that. But Brian has been reporting its special coverage of the Nice attacks, and they were just talking a little bit about Trump, and he's wrapping up the hour on MSNBC, and his wrap-up was questionable at best after covering the Nice attacks. Brian? Brian? Uh, We have just plowed over the normal uh, hour airtime of Chris Matthews tonight because of uh, this confluence of breaking news, and I wanted to go to Chris while we still can. (laughs) No, I'm not going to hear Chris. No, I'm sorry. I don't want to hear Chris. Oh, good Lord. I don't want to hear Chris. But did you just plow right through his hour, Brian, talking about the Nice truck crash? Oh, my God. There's so much more to get to. We'll be with you in one moment. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Ah, yes. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You know, every time I say, <laughs> I've, got, uh, I've got plenty of, plenty of broadcast news and information for you today. But every time I say, ah, yes. I think of my friend, the General Cigar Dave, and I just wanted to, I saw last week that he celebrated 21 stinking years on the air as the General, and I just wanted to, you know, congratulate him. He was, uh, I've known him for 21 years, 22 years. Um, In fact, uh, to write down in the record books, I was the first person to interview him about his stupid cigar show. Uh, I was doing afternoons on 620 WSUN, entertaining talk radio for the 90s. And uh, he was starting his, might have been even 30 minutes at the time, I don't even remember, but it was for sure his first show. And they were promoting, uh, you know, his cigar show on the weekends. And, I mean, you do the interview, of course, but I'm not doing it as, so you're starting a very exquisite cigar show. Congratulations. I'm making fun of you because I believe that it was... uh, Unbelievable that we were doing a show on cigars. Shows how much I know. Uh, 21 years later, I'm slumbing around. And, you know, Dave is living in his mansion hawking cigars for uh, the, I'm sorry, the general. Uh, And then it was smoke this for years. And then it uh, turned to uh, the Cigar Dave show, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm going to smoke this for for a long time. And 
Anyway, congratulations, Dave. 21 stinking years. Hawking cigars. Unbelievable. Smoke this. And it wasn't all. The last few years wasn't all cigars. It was uh, uh, smokes and libations and being a man and calling calling women dames and broads and back to the back to the days of the real men cigar dave the general so uh ah, yes that's uh reminded me of cigar dave the general I mean, 21 years of 21 freaking years i can't believe it so we had uh, we've got uh uh turmoil all over the country all over the country uh, turmoil all over the world, including, I find out that we are protesting in Puerto Rico. Um, Puerto Rico is all wound up uh, over uh, the bill, the Stability Act, that we uh, passed uh, to bail them out. Uh, called, uh, what the heck is it called? It's called uh, Promise. Promise. Right, Puerto Rico Oversight Management and Economic Stability Act, and uh, they're bummed because we, as we bailed them out, we also made them set up a a, a management board uh, to to run things, a fiscal control board. <laughs> well, see, we have to bail you out of all your debts, and we we're going to let you have the fiscal control board. But it's run by our Congress, and the people are all wound up, and they've got Occupy Wall Street, uh, you know, like protests going on in front of the U.S. courthouse in Puerto Rico. So it's on this side of the world, too. Yay! And then yesterday was uh, the Day of Rage all over the country. And many people wanted to have the Day of Love all over the country. So I hope that you participated in whatever one you felt you needed to participate in. God love you. Now, today. Today, we get to look forward to the press conference coming up at 11 a.m. during this broadcast. Boy, should we cut in on that? I don't know. Uh, Donald Trump makes his announcement uh, official uh, that uh, Mike Pence is his vice presidential running mate. Now, he did make, make it official on Twitter yesterday morning. I'm not sure I quite understand that. Um, I'm not, I don't care whether he did it on Twitter or not. I just find it weird that he would do it on Twitter. And I get the whole thing about, uh, uh, you know, he wanted to postpone, he wanted to postpone it because of, uh, you know, the Bastille Day terror attack. Uh, but then he takes away from it anyway with his big tweet. Um, Weird. I know there was a lot of talk that he had spent uh, the night before trying to get out of having Mike Pence be his presidential running mate. And it was, you know, kind of the opposite look of, you know, his kids all flew in and instead of flying in to uh, congratulate Pence, they were flying in to make sure that dad was okay with Pence and stop trying to get rid of him and we have to do this. It's a done deal. We're doing it. And so, uh, you know, Pence had to have it done by noon yesterday or something because of the governor's race and it affected so many other races below him that he had to decide whether he was going to run or not. 
And so if he didn't put it in the paperwork, it was pretty much um, a done deal that he was going to be the vice presidential running mate of Donald Trump. Anyway, but we're having the big press conference today. I don't know where the press conference is, is at. Um, I know that I heard a report that the press conference originally yesterday was supposed to be at a place in New York that wasn't Trump Tower. And I thought, wow, that is strange. I mean, he doesn't do too much outside of Trump Tower. He makes the news people, you know, the big TV networks come to Trump Tower to interview him on camera. So it was strange that the announcement was going to be um, at a place that wasn't Trump Tower. Now, um, I know, and Pence is going back home today, and he's going to have some big thing after the press conference. He's going to go back home this afternoon and have a big welcoming thing. Don's not coming. Don's like, man, go party in your own state, but uh, I'm not coming, okay? <laughs> You're my vice president, but uh, I'm going. I'm staying here for for a day. Yeah, have a nice day. I got other things to do. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, yes, I do. I don't want to be at your welcome home rally in Indianapolis at five o'clock. So, you know, good for good for Pence and good for Donald. And uh, they have a wonderful. I mean, if you want to see something that is, uh, I mean, beautiful, beautiful is what I want to call it. Uh, it's the it's the logo, the uh, the Trump Pence Make America Great Again logo, tremendous. I mean, it's uh, I don't know what I like better, that or the Hillary H with the arrow through it. Either one, uh, whew, man. Uh, but you know, a lot of people when they see Trump and Pence, they think about TP. So. Makes sense that that would uh, makes sense that that would be the uh, that would be the logo. Now we have the conventions coming up. Uh, I'd like to tell you who's speaking at the uh, RNC next week, but uh, we know that uh, they've already lied to us. So who knows? I mean, I'm sure that you know the regular parties. I'm sure a lot of the list was correct, but we did find out that uh, you know they had said that uh, Tebow was going to speak. And uh, no, uh, Tim said, uh, no, uh, that's not true. And nobody even asked me. And then there was a list of people who they, um, I think they asked and didn't get a response or they didn't ask, but they kind of wanted to. I'm not sure. You know, Tom Brady, I like Brady's because shut up. And, uh, Surprisingly, Sarah Palin not on the list. None of the uh, none of the old school RNC people are on the list. I mean, Mitt's not there. For the guy, the last guy who was running for president for them, not there. Strange. I mean, that's that's Donald for you. So it'll be exciting. We'll just hear you know Donald, as far as he's concerned, probably come out every night and just speak, be done with it. And then you've got the big DNC coming up after that. Yay! That'll be fun. That will be fun. Clinton, uh, Bill will be speaking. Michelle will be speaking. Bernie will be speaking. 
the president, probably Vice President Joe Biden will be speaking. We It'll be great. I mean, it'll be great. And I think Chelsea's going to, I think Chelsea actually speaks, in, they have her listed as speaking prior to her mother. So Chelsea's going to introduce the mom. No, Bill. Now, Bill, you're going to be speaking the next night, honey, and then you just go sit in the back, okay? I want to I wanna be sure. Yes, Bill, just go sit in the back now, okay? We don't need you. Somebody will bring you out to the stage and hold you up when uh, after, they, uh, after they make me uh, the queen. Okay, honey. Um, so Chelsea introduces Hillary. And one of the good things we have to look forward to, I heard uh, – I heard a couple of things on Michael Pelka's show today. God help me. I was listening to it. Uh, that uh, Fascinating. Fascinating. One of them was the Hillary Clinton audio of her telling a joke. Now, we heard this before uh, one other time that she told a joke and was so proud. I can't wait to see the video of this because when she does this, she gets so, I mean, her feathers get all fluffed up and she gets all cocky because she told this joke and she feels like she told it right. Now, you can kind of feel it in this audio of her joke that, uh, you know, she is just like, yeah, that's right. I told that joke good, didn't I? Uh, here's here's Hillary telling her, her joke uh, yesterday or the day before one of her campaign stops. Because we're going to have a lot of jobs. Jobs are building infrastructure. Okay, I can't take it. Stop for just a second. I can't stop for just a second. First of all, do you want that to be president? Because <laughs> we're going to have a lot of jobs. And we have a right to disagree with this administration. I'm sorry, go ahead. Because we're going to have a lot of jobs. Jobs <laughs> from building infrastructure to coding, creating new apps. I don't know who created. Pokemon Go. Almost Barack Obama. But I'm trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon go to the polls. Ha! <laughs> you can just feel her. Just she's, I can't wait to see the video of this. You know those those feathers were just preened up in the air, man. <laughs> And she almost started to say a little Barack Obama there on the joke. She, she is struggling, man, struggling to not screech. She is right at the precipice. She's right there. She wants to screech, but then she remembers they told her no. So she holds back, but she is right there just ready to make the exit to Screech Road. But she doesn't want to make the turn. So she pulls in. She pulls in the reins. It's a really, really funny. So, <laughs> look, please, I, I don't necessarily want to do this to you, but I want to hear it again. So one more time. Because we're going to have a lot of jobs, jobs from building infrastructure to Oh, uh, wait, I, can't wait I don't know if I can take the whole thing. But I will say that the Pokemon thing is out of control, and we will talk a little bit about that uh, next hour. Because it is absolutely agonizing. Uh, but I want to tell you, we will like apps. She doesn't even know what she's talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
because we're going to have a lot of jobs, jobs from building infrastructure to coding, coding, creating new apps. Where's the delete? I don't know who created Pokemon Go. But I'm trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> this is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. is the Jeff Fisher Show. Vanilla flavored ice cream with chocolate creme cookies and chocolate chip cookie dough. Natural and artificial flavor added. Still a half gallon. New from Bluebell Ice Cream. Cookie two-step. All right, so so I, I mean, it was new yesterday. I mean, it was released yesterday and I was going to the store, and I had to pick up something, and what am I supposed to do? Not buy it? A new product from Bluebell Ice Cream? Cookie two-step? What am I supposed to do? Not buy it? <laughs> are you are you out of your mind? So, uh, the flavor test uh, we had at the Fisher household. And uh, thumbs up, it got especially from my 14-year-old who loves uh, cookie ice cream. Uh, know that cookie creme is just a way of saying, hey, these are cookies that are like Oreos but aren't. Um, but we can't say Oreos because we're not using Oreos. And the cookie dough uh, chocolate chip was pretty good. And it's Bluebell ice cream, which is top-notch anyway. So we give it a thumbs up. Bluebell ice cream, cookie two-step. Very, very good this is the jeff fisher show only on the blaze radio network the experiment was a success begin life force reboot program now Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. That it is. Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Pags coming up right after this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network for your Saturday enjoyment. Of course, Monday through Friday, you know, morning to afternoons, you've got Doc and Skip, Glenn Beck, Buck Sexton, Jay Severin, Pat and Stu. Um, hello. You know, I mean, I've told you this before, but hear me when I tell you, just between you and me, there's no place else to go. Just be here. Just be here. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. So, 
How do we start this? How do we start this? The other day, I am driving along singing a song. And I see three people. Oh, actually five. But I see three people conjured together in a parking lot. One other person is walking away one direction from the three people. And the other one person is walking away in the other direction of the three people. Every one of those persons were looking at their phone and walking. And normally I wouldn't think... Much of it. I just think, ah, eh, today's world, everybody's looking at their phone, whatever. And then I happen to think, no. No. Those dingleberries are playing Pokemon. That's what they're doing. Pokemon Go. And, you know, I mean, I'm no Hillary Clinton. I can't tell you a Pokemon Go joke. But, uh Wow. It is taken the country, if not the world, you know, except for those people. Ah, you know, those few thousand people that uh, Aragon is going to go ahead and get rid of in Turkey. I said, get rid of is such so harsh. Um, you know, make them disappear. Uh, they'll just be gone. What happened to, oh, never mind. I know, but I really like, oh, never mind. You know who like that guy is? That guy over there. There to rip. Police and fire departments would appreciate it if you didn't call 911 about Pokemon Go. Seriously. Come on now. Come on. Police and fire departments across the country, across the world, are pleading with Pokemon Go players to stop calling their stations asking to hunt game characters inside. A group of suspected robbers may have used the new Pokemon Go smart game to find victims. Police arrested four people in Missouri who say they targeted players who had used a beacon in an attempt to catch Pokemon on the, on the app. The suspects were found sitting in a car with a handgun. Allegedly, they robbed up to nine people. Are we... Arlington National Cemetery wants people to stop catching Pikachu on its hollowed ground. So, have you downloaded the app yet? Just to... I mean, just, you know, between you and me, you've downloaded the app because you wanted to see what it was all about, right? You, of course, wouldn't play it, right? Right. Right. Two men fall off a cliff while playing Pokemon Go. In California. The lifeguards reported that someone had fallen off the cliff. 80 to 90 feet. Bruce found a second man who was unconscious about 50 feet down. Both men were taken. They lived. Good for them. So Pokemon, you know, hasn't hurt anyone yet. Man falls in pond while live streaming Pokemon. What? 
I do not care if this video of a man playing Pokemon Go falling into a pond. Oh, they're saying the video is fake. Oh, no, the video is fake. Oh. Oh, no, the video is fake. According to Business Insider, the first major car crash caused by a person playing Pokemon Go crashed into a tree Tuesday night. We've had reports of other people actually falling off cliffs and running into people. Yeah, running into people is, I don't know, questionable. But if you're involved in the Pokemon stuff, stop it. Now, I have not played yet. I am dying. I may have to, this weekend, just download the app and see about it. Uh, I don't know, though, because it's kind of agonizing. Um, and I'm, a, you know, I have a pretty addictive personality. I know. I know. I know it's a surprise. But I do. And I might, you know, get hooked and I don't want to hook myself. Don't try it just once. You can't do it just once. So I'm fascinated to know what drives why what why it became such a big thing. And I overheard uh some chat about um Google, and maybe even a little bit of Microsoft, uh, with this way, they're able to test. If you have your, if you are playing Pokemon Go and you're out looking for your Pokemons, wherever they may be, and they're everywhere, um, and you capture, but you have to have your GPS on, right? You have to have your your uh, whatever the heck it's called, your location streaming on the phone so that, you know, you're able to, they can track you, track where you move, what you do. They can absolutely test all their tracking devices through the game itself. So it's almost as if they want you to play. They want you to play. Which makes me question whether I should or not. Whether I should play at all. Now, I will be happy at the end of it when the GPS system works a thousand times better. But will I, you know, are you going to be happy... Well, yes, I am. Yeah, I am. I, I, I was thinking about, you know, we're going to be tracked. We're already tracked. I, I've already given up on that. You know that. I've already given up. Right? We've completely given up on that. It's okay. It's over. Don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. Right? It's over. We had the first uh, big crash with the Tesla, you know, the uh, the driving uh, driverless car. I don't have that brought up. I was going to talk about that a little bit because they're making a big deal about that. But really, we know that it's not – the technology isn't where I can get in, push home, and go to sleep yet. 
And I have a feeling that this person, and if I remember right, they were they had a laptop open, and there were some other issues saying that it couldn't navigate a curve. Well, we know that, and it also alerts you where you could be driverless, but you're not really driverless yet uh, in your own vehicle because there are some navigational issues that need to be attended to. And so they're not 100% yet, right? So the Pokemon Go GPS systems and location services working on seeing people move left and right and go here and go there and spot this and spot that will hopefully be able to be integrated into that technology so that the driverless cars has that technology, right? So in the end, it's a beautiful thing. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It just seems... If you're playing Pokemon Go, you you should should maybe should maybe think about your life. Maybe. Maybe think about your life. And for those of you that are thinking to yourself, Man, I can't wait to retire. I can't wait till the kids are out of the house. I just want to be myself and my wife. I don't want to have any children around. I want them to be off living their own life. Congratulations are in order. To Mick Jagger. 72-year-old Mick Jagger. His 29-year-old girlfriend, Melanie Hamrick, are expecting a child. Mick's eighth child. Jagger has seven children, ranging from the ages of 45 to 17. He became a great-grandfather when his 21-year-old daughter gave birth to a baby girl. He will celebrate his 73rd birthday, the 26th of this month. Ronnie Wood, bandmate, stonemate, who is 69, just he and his wife, just had twins. Now I will say that I have some distance in age between my oldest child and my youngest child. But at 72, man, I don't know, man. That's starting to... That is starting to push it. Now, the good thing is for Mick is that he doesn't have to, you know, he can have people take care of it. He can just say, yeah, that's my kid. Get away from me. Or, you know, I haven't seen my kid in a week. I probably should see him. Hey, why don't you bring the baby down to me? I'll play with it for a while. 
and then take it away. See, that's the good thing about being Jagger and being 72 and being able to spend a little bit of time or as much time as you want with the kid and then saying, hey, take this thing. I'm going to take a nap. Right? Whereas you and me, oh, my gosh. That is a job I do not want. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. Did you know? Did you know that it is National Ice Cream Month, which goes to my Bluebell ice cream, throwing out the new flavors, the uh, the new ice cream from Bluebell. It's also National Ice Cream Day on Sunday. Now, I know that Uber is, uh, you know, they were saying they're going to give people free rides yesterday to go get ice cream. But um, the official day is on Sunday. Okay. Uh, So go out, have some ice cream. There's plenty of deals to be had. But it's also National Hot Dog Month. (laughs) Just come up with these. That's really agonizing. Just kind of come up with these. But makes you want to have a hot dog, doesn't it? Makes me want to have a Kogel's hot dog from Michigan, I'll tell you that. However, the Windy City, hey, that's Chicago for you, uh, deep dish Chicago-style hot dog pizza. I don't know. I don't know about that. Um. The pizza is topped with hot dogs, all traditional Chicago-style fixings, including yellow mustard, chopped white onions, sweet pickle relish, a dill pickle spear, tomato slices, pickled sport peppers, and a hint of celery salt. And the best thing about that, actually, you think, wow, that sounds like a lot. It's only 10 bucks a pie. Huh? That's not bad for that. Ten bucks. However, uh, I don't know that I could do that. The mustard and the white onions and the relish and the dill pickle spear and the tomato slices and the peppers. And then you're talking about hot dogs. I mean, really, you're supposed to have a hot dog with mustard. I really am not a big mustard fan. However, you know, every once in a while I have it on something. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a ketchup guy. But if you're, you know, if you're a a hot dog purist at the ballpark, it's supposed to be, you know, hot dog with some mustard. But they don't, you know, it's not purist anymore. Just give me a hot dog and I'm going to put some ketchup on it, okay? Back off me. 
Okay. But you got to have something to wash that down, right? So I'm looking at what sounds good to drink. And I see this story about this uh, Canadian drink. Right? The clearly Canadian drink. Apparently, they got their crowdfunding money. This was something that was out in the 90s, I think. Seems to me I remember it. Um, so anyway, they got a, a a quick start or a jump start or a fun start or a, hey, give us money and we'll make a product start. Um, and now... Uh, they got the, they reached their goal, all ready to go for the clearly Canadian, and they got some people that uh, haven't had their order delivered to them yet. Uh, clearly Canadian, hop sing. Okay, put a little bubble in some water and slap your little Canadian, clearly Canadian label on that bad boy, and let's go. Okay. Although, although I got to say, the clearly Canadian looks pretty good. With the different flavors, and uh, I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to try some. I'm willing to try some. I'll I'll, I'll 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 drink it down with my my ice cream during National Ice Cream Month and my hot dog pizza during National Hot Dog Month. Use a little clearly Canadian. Uh, Jeff Fisher, Blaze Radio Network. Yeah, I'm not. I did uh, crowdfunding. No, yeah, no. I'm not mad that I, I gave you money and now you're not going to ship me the product. No. I'm not mad, okay? Because I did, I did give you money for your product, but I'm willing to try it, and I'm willing to give you, you know, a, a shot and washing down some other food. All right, we've got a lot more to get to. Black Lives Matter. I heard a, a great story on Michael Pelka earlier today that I have to share with you, and we'll do that next. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. That it is. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Let me ask you a question. Just between you and me. You go on vacation this year. You go somewhere. You take some time off. You think to yourself, you know, I'm just going to take the family. Relax. Yeah, and I'll go somewhere. Well, that's exactly. And how much, how much, how much did you spend? Few hundred bucks, thousand, two thousand, three thousand, seven thousand, maybe ten thousand. Right? Vacation, family, in that window for zero to ten thousand. That's a pretty big window, and it's a lot different vacations, but it's a pretty big window. You may have spent more. You couldn't have spent negative unless you had a timeshare. You know, bring you down and take you. You're never going to leave without paying some money anyway on that, so don't fool yourself. 
But uh, Judicial Watch. Uh, got a hold of our president's travel records. Uh, they got the information, and they say in their email, the government doesn't share this willingly. Huh. Surprise. The records were obtained through our Freedom of Information Act lawsuit filed in November of 2015. Judicial Watch sued the Department of Homeland Security, of which the Secret Service is a part, because it had failed to respond to 19 Freedom of Information Act requests from Judicial Watch. Wow. Now, in July of 2014, we took a trip to Seattle and Los Angeles, which is only 200 and. $37,731.05 on hotels, $19,888.70 on rental cars, and $1,451.40 on air and rail travel for a total of 259000 A little over 259000 it was a fundraising trip. Huh. 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 August, September 2014, 63,000, a little over 63,000 on hotels, 1,800 on rental cars. Trip was 64. Thousand nine hundred and seventy-eight dollars and forty-five cents. Another fundraising trip. Trip to Martha's Vineyard, August of two thousand fifteen. Four hundred and fifty-seven thousand three hundred and ten dollars and thirty-three cents on hotels. Two hundred and seventy-one dollars and fifty-six cents on car rentals. Pretty good deal on car rentals. And seven thousand eight hundred and thirty-eight dollars on air and rail travel, bringing the grand total to. $465,420.49. A living like kings. August of 2015. Then in February of 2015, we took a trip to Palm Springs. $149,101.36 on hotels. $9,199.38 on car rentals. They must have lost their coupons for that trip for a total of $158,374. This trip was to meet with leaders of 10 Southeast Asian nations discuss North Korea. Well, see, that's worth it then. All right. Oh, but he played golf and did some Democratic fundraisers and, and filmed an episode of Ellen DeGeneres' show. Huh. Okay. We previously reported that Air Force travel expenses for the president totaled one million thirty-one dollars and sixty-five, one million thirty-one thousand six hundred eighty-five, bringing the grand total to one million one hundred eighty-nine thousand nine hundred eighty-five dollars and seventy cents. Trip to New York City in July of two thousand fifteen. 
$266,186.04 on hotels and $1,112.31 on car rentals. A little bit better deal in New York than Palm Springs. For a total of $267,298.35, this was a weekend getaway. We previously uh, recorded that Air Force One travel was $309,505 for that. So the grand total for this little jaunt to New York, $576,803.65. Trip to Los Angeles in October of 2014, $140,640.94 on hotels, $3,118 on car rentals, still better than the money they spend in Florida, for a total of $143,758.94, along with Air Force One travel, grand total of one million. $319,879.65. Trip to Los Angeles, June of 2015, $311,922.11. On hotels, $21,000. Oh, wait. $311,922.11 on hotels and $21,269.71 on rental cars. Come on now. We just spent $3,000 in October, less than a year before. A little over $3,000 on car rentals. Then in June, we spent... $21,000 on rental cars. And let's see. They spent $19,000 on rental cars in Seattle and Los Angeles. They spent $1,800. Just a thousand, one thousand eight hundred dollars in Westchester and Providence, Martha's Vineyard. They spent two hundred seventy-one dollars and fifty-six cents. What did they do? Rent a bike? Probably. Right, Martha's Vineyard. They probably did, and they put that under car rentals. Uh, rental cars in Palm Springs, nine thousand one hundred ninety-nine dollars. So L.A. and Seattle. Holy crap! Rental cars, $19,888.70 trip to Seattle and Los Angeles, July of 2014. Trip to Los Angeles in October of 2014. They spent 3000 on rental cars. Come on now. what's the? I want to know the difference. I want to know what why one trip is 20000 and the other trip is 3000 Because... Then, less than a year later, in 2015, a trip to Los Angeles, they spent $21,269.71 on rental cars. Come on now. I want to know what the heck are we trying to cover up with rental car expenses. Huh. Now, the Martha's Vineyard vacation, their sixth in the past seven years, was spent at the Blue 
Heron Farm in Chilmark. Seven bedroom, nine bath, 8,100 square foot estate. That's not that big. Uh, 8,100 square feet for Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Sitting on 10 acres of farmland. You know how much 10 acres is on Martha's Vineyard? Oh. The estate features 17 rooms. Expansive water views, yeah, I bet, of the sound. An infinity pool, a tennis basketball court. It rents out for $50,000 a week. Wow. Current grand total. Known. This is grand total known about the Obama travel-related expenses. Now stands at a grand total of $79,630,433.93. How much do you spend on vacation? Just wondering, how much? Think about it. From zero to you know ten thousand, remember? In the last seven years, what'd you spend? Zero to seventy thousand, right? If we're using my my scale of zero to ten thousand, anywhere in there is vacation money. If you're using that scale, which I know, listen, I got you. It's not very many of you aren't spending ten thousand. I'm not spending ten thousand. I got it. But you do depending on where you go. But in the last seven years, I guarantee you, I have not spent $79,630,433.93. Guaranteed. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Well, we found out uh, in our last segment, uh, Obama spent uh, almost $80 million on vacations in the last seven years. But the cheapest amount that he spent on rental cars came from Florida. So Chuck in Florida uh, is joining us now with his uh, uh, musings and his uh, update on weird stories from the state of Florida. Uh, welcome, Chuck. I'm hoping that some of your weird stories comes in, in rental cars. Uh, greetings, Jeffy. I have no rental car stories. I'm very All sorry. All right, but I, fine. Rental cars are very cheap, if you like. I have a very cheap car. I'm willing to sell, let go at a very good price. I'll, I will tell the Secret Service. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure they'll be interested. Uh, right after I take my $80 million vacation, I'll get back to you. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So no, what's happening? This week's stories, there's plenty of them out there. Um, one of my favorites is top of the list for the uh, Gator Reporter again. Uh, lady Gator keeps Reporter. just under six-foot alligator in her home as a pet, dresses him up, puts him in little Santa Claus suits, takes him out for rides on the four-wheeler. and What then, uh, could possibly go wrong? One of the lines. Come on story. now. <laughs> what, this is the lawsuit waiting to happen segment of the show. <laughs> Boy, no kidding. Apparently, this lady uh, rescued this gator from a dark closet, so he's light-sensitive and can't live out in the sunshine. 
I, I, I thought maybe a pair of glasses would help. I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard of light I'm light sensitive. Here's an idea. Throw him out in the river. He will be no longer be light sensitive. Exactly. Right. No, the, my favorite part of the story, though, is that about twice a month, she has uh, kids with autism and other disabilities come over for therapy at her house with the gator as, a, as like a little gator petting zoo. I kid uh-huh. you not. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> no kidding. Wow. I We have to keep an eye on her. There will be stories coming about that soon. Yeah, she's That's petitioning great. for a new uh, license for her gator. Apparently, the, you have to have a license to keep wildlife like that. And he's approaching six foot now and, and has to have more land than she has available. So I don't think she's going to get to keep this gator. He has I hope to have not. more land. She's sleeping in the bed with the thing. And worse than that, the dogs are sleeping with it, and that's their favorite treat. I don't know if you've ever heard about the dog stories and gators, but, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I have. little midnight snack, you know, right there in the bed with you. It's great. <laughs> what, happened, what happened to Fluffy? I don't know. <laughs> Burp. <laughs> oh, terrible. Yeah, and, and Sanford, yet again in the news with a weird story in Florida. Sanford has a uh, super Walmart being built, and a uh, couple of guys were fighting on the site. The boss apparently was having it out with one of his uh, backhoe workers or front loader or whatever it was. Right. Uh, a gentleman named Porkchop uh, took it out on his boss. He finally had enough of him ber- berating him, so he buried him up to his shoulders in, in various debris from the wow. site. Oh, yeah, he just uh, dumped a couple of bucket loads on him and then proceeded to beat him in the head with a level. Holy a six-foot-long aluminum level until he went unconscious. Is, that guy, is he, he still alive? Yeah, he is, actually. He had a couple of lacerations. It wasn't too horrible, but uh, I guess this guy Porkchop has a history of violence. If you look at him on the website, there's always a picture that just defines who this guy is. He has absolutely no neck and just the most violent expression on his face. And I think this go. is a happy picture. I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, but uh, probably the goofiest story of the week is the guitarmed robbery. Sun Sentinel has a way with words. They're calling this guy a guitarmed robber. Oh he, he, he beat somebody with a guitar trying to steal a laptop. And I guess the guy's not that bright. He lives across the street from the cafe where he was trying to steal the laptop. And eyewitnesses pointed the cops out to where he lives and... He, he admitted to the crime, and they took him back to jail. But the funniest thing, again, is the picture. This guy, Edward J. Chestnut III, has this expression on his face. And you look around, he's got tattoos on his neck, on his face. But my favorite are of the eyebrows. Right under the eyebrows, on his eyelids are his initials. Oh, that's always good. That is a- always good. Oh, <laughs> right on his face. Chuck in Florida.com. Chuck in Florida.com. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. 
it is alive. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Okay. Black lives matter. Do they? All lives matter. Of course they do. Now, I was sent in an email from someone that told me about a comedian who illustrated the Black Lives Matter case as if a black person had a house that was burning down and was telling a white person, my house matters. Then the white person said, all houses matter. Black guy responded, but mine is on fire. Help me. And the guy just stood there, did nothing. Um, uh-huh. Right. Because, um, really, that's kind of a strained look at it, right? Because all lives do matter, and we will help you. Um, because the the fire engine comes to all houses, not just white guy houses, okay? But blocking streets, rioting, starting your own place on fire makes the fire department question whether they should help, right? So is what you're doing helping? And I got news for you. Uh, blocking streets, uh, blocking the flow of traffic, the flow of other humans uh, going to and fro and going to their destinations, uh, blocking that uh, doesn't win you any sympathy. In fact, it works just the opposite. Okay? If you want people on your side, I mean, I... I kind of understand the I'm going to block the streets so you actually see and get an idea this is what we're doing here I kind of see that but there's better ways than blocking traffic and stopping roadway traffic because that does nothing but piss people off doesn't nothing but piss people off. Now there's, we had the day of rage yesterday. We had uh, Obama's roundtable earlier in the week with uh, Black Lives Matter uh, protesters and uh, their little get together and the plan on, hey, there's, uh, you know, we can plan on more, more strife after in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, President Obama. Now, I read an article in the New York Times that race relations are at the lowest point in Obama presidency. I, I believe that. I believe that. That may be what, uh, what he was hoping for and what he was getting at, but I believe it is at the lowest level, no question. I mean, I, I personally, I said last week, I, I'm tired. I'm tired. Tired. Of being called a racist. And not just, I mean, me, but as a white American 
immediately, no matter what, I'm a racist. Period. All lives matter, racist. Uh, no, I, I'm not a racist. Yeah, you are. You just said you're not a racist. That means you're a racist. No, I, it means I'm, I'm not a racist. No, it doesn't. Now, finally, I mean, I find it, this is kind of actually when I talk about blocking streets and not working, works exactly the opposite. I kind of like the idea of the Starbucks customers uh, putting Black Lives Matter as their name on their cup so that when their coffee is done at Starbucks, they say Black Lives Matter. Now, you might have to put a number after that or something, you know, Black Lives Matter 1, Black Lives Matter 2, so you know it's your cup. <laughs> Depending on how many Black Lives Matter you have actually uh, getting coffee at one time. But I kind of like that idea. That's what I'm talking about. You want people on your side? Do something that's not hindering their day. Now, we had... There's been plenty of articles. Uh, Can blacks be racist? Are they racist? I know during the week on the uh, Glenn Beck radio program and the Glenn Beck television program, Glenn is a big proponent of talking and working it out. And, uh, you know, they believe that, uh, you know, uh, we need to apologize. And, you know, it's inherently... uh, it's okay, we're not admitting anything to apologize. We're just saying, hey, I understand. I understand. And I'm a proponent of, uh, I don't feel like I should apologize for something I didn't do. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess you can say, you know, hey, I'm sorry. Um, but I'd be more leaning toward, I'm sorry, you feel like I have to say I'm sorry to you. That's what I'm sorry about. And, I mean, that's what we get. At least, uh, you know, especially now. And we had, it's sad when we have the, I don't know if you saw the the video or heard the audio of the eighth grader who had his little white privilege poem that won his school competition, um, it is absolutely agonizing. Agonizing. I'll tweet it out, at Jeffy MRA. I'll put it up on my Facebook page, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio. I may even Instagram it, at Jeffy MRA. Okay, I might just do all three. But I'll put it up for you. But it is agonizing, I warn you. I warn you. But then Michael Pelka. Yeah, the Michael Pelka. You know the guy that does the show before this one? The guy that has all the really cool stuff from the prize closet to give away that I never do? There's no there's no Jeff Fisher uh, oven mitts. There should be. I'm a big proponent of oven mitts. Give them to the wife for presents all the time. There's no Jeff Fisher grill tongs. Tell you that, but there's stunt brain and Michael Pelka tongs. And there's stunt brain Piro Pelka soccer balls for the European championships out there somewhere. I don't know if he's giving them away yet. They were talking about it. So 
You know, that Michael Pelka, that's the one I'm talking about, okay? He had a guy on this morning, a man on, Burgess Owens. I mean to tell you, a fascinating interview. First of all, we need to put him on the big show. Uh, He needs to talk to Glenn. He was fascinating. I mean, I... I wanted to, I almost could just replay the interview. Opelka would be pissed. I could just replay it as me. Just cut Mike up from I'll just do the intro and then run the interview like it's me. Will it be him? <laughs> He'd be pissed. No, I don't want you to edit it like that. I want you to go and listen. You know, I'm sure it's one of his podcasts this week. I want you to go and listen to it. All right, if you have the time this week, after you've listened to my podcast, go and listen to Mike's uh, with his interview with uh, Burgess Owens. Liberalism, and it's on his book, Liberalism or How to Turn Good Men into Whiners, Weenies, and Wimps. Now, Burgess Owens is a former NFL player, and he uh, talked in this interview about how uh, white people apologizing to black people is an insult. An insult. He talked about how the NAACP was founded. He talked about how entrepreneurism was uh, has gone down to nothing, how the black community needs to step up, uh, and how we are in the United States of America, the greatest country in the world, and that you can do it. And he talked about himself as a man from the South, Going to college, knowing that he could succeed because people in his life showed him that it was okay to succeed in the United States of America with hard work. It was fascinating. I mean, I would, I would love to talk to him. We should get him in here for the, for the TV show and be, so I could meet him. <laughs> I'll have Glenn interview him, but I want to meet him. He was fascinating. So if you have the time after you, uh, after you listen to you know my podcast, hello Jeff Fisher show. That's what you're here for. Uh, go back and listen to uh, Mike's interview with Burgess Owens. Um, I mean he's okay. Opelka's okay, but Burgess Owens is fantastic. And it was a great interview, and uh, I, I well worth the listen. It was great. It, w- it was really good. But I'm really, and he is someone who the Black Lives Matter people hate, hate, when really he's the guy that they should be wrapping their arms around, right? He's the guy. He's the guy that they should be saying, hey, hold him up. Hold him up. As the, as the guy, he's the guy that we were hoping Barack Obama would be, right? He's the guy that should be invited to the White House, not the Black Lives Matter guy that gets arrested in Baton Rouge the night before he goes to the White House. Not that guy, this guy, Burgess Owens as the guy to hold up and put on a pedestal as what America is, what America can be, and also 
hey, look, this is what America was. Yeah, there was some bad stuff out there. But look at, look at what happened after. Look at how, what happened after and what a great country it is because of that. He's the one that should be on the pedestal. Not Dingleberry, whatever his stupid name is, D-Ray. What's his name again? The Black Lives Matter guy? I can't remember his name. D-Ray something, right? Ah, I can't think of a stupid name. Now i got to find it. Hold on. I got. I got to say his name because that's going to drive me crazy if I don't say his name. He's the he's the Black Lives Matter guy who was arrested in Baton Rouge. Come on, I'll find it out for you. I'll take a break and find out, so I don't have to you know search for it while I'm driving you crazy. Okay. Why can't I think? As I'm saying that, I'm looking for it so I can find it before I go to the break. It's D-Ray something. I'll find it. I'll find it. Get off me. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. Eight 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 nine zero zero thirty three ninety three is the phone number. So there's a story out of Texas. Yes, that's right, Texas. I'm surprised you, uh, and you'll know it's out of Texas when I tell you what happened. Twenty six year old Antone Devon Cooper found in the parking lot of a Dallas area restaurant around two thirty a.m. Police said Cooper entered the Waffle House and robbed several customers and the restaurant itself. After Cooper exited the restaurant, a customer followed Cooper into the parking lot, called him out, turned around, pointed a rifle at the customer. The customer pulled out his own gun, shot Cooper several times. That, my friends, is Texas. Okay? That, my friends, is Texas. That's why they're working on a bill that will make, if you have a concealed carry in one state, you're good in any state. And I think that's probably a good idea. And they probably should put it on your driver's license so you wouldn't have to tell the police officer that you were a concealed carry uh, person. You would be able to show them your license and have it on the license. So the officer would know that you have a concealed carry weapon. And then he could say, are you carrying? And the answer could be, yes, but you would already be far. Anyway, anyway, so you should be able to carry it anywhere in the country. They're working on that bill now. But I'm reminded of we were we were given a sneak peek uh, preview of a new movie called Hell or High Water with uh, Chris Pine and... Uh, Jeff Bridges, who is tremendous, who I love, and he does another great job. And it's it's in Texas, and it's a it's a. I know Glenn called it a. Um, 
Oh, you know, Glenn wants to call a, a uh, what the heck did he call it? I can't now. I got to look it up and see what he called it. The uh, the new was the new country, uh, the West. It's, it's the new West. I know, I know. I can't remember. My mind is gone. It is. It's two in a row. New York is in my ear going. That's two in a row. You idiot. What are you doing? Because I'm trying to. I'm just talking to you, and I'm trying to think of what the heck he called it. Um, but the movie Hell or High Water, all right, it's kind of a Western. It's based in Texas, but it's not a Western. Crime spree across Texas. Jeff Bridges is a uh, Texas Ranger. You get the feeling for West Texas. You get the feeling for modern day. You get the feeling for hurt. I'm reminded that, uh, uh, you know, Chris Pine talks about uh, at one point he's just a, 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 you know, a white guy from West Texas saying, uh, hey, I'm just, I've always been poor. It's like a disease. And uh, he did what he did to, you know, stop being poor. And, uh, I was reminded of that because I heard someone talk about, the, you know, again, the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, talk about uh, how it was uh, it was systemic and it was just inbred of, uh, you know, holding down black people. And I'm thinking, no, it's not. It's not just black people. It's just it's systemic when you don't have someone telling you that you can make it. That it's okay. Anyway, you should st- you need to see the movie. I loved it, and I will see it again. And uh, Glenn was talk- calling it the new Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Uh, but there are some great bit players in it. And it's, what's really good about it that I loved about it is that they interact, the interactions in this movie with uh, the actors is the way people really talk to each other. I felt like this movie really just took away the any politically correct uh, chat and said, this is real life. This is the way people talk to each other when they know each other, when they let their guard down, and yet they still like each other. They still work with each other. They still get along with each other, but it's okay to be unpolitically correct. Because that's the way we are in real life. And I loved it. I loved it. Thumbs up for Hell or High Water. And there's a big scene in it. All that. And I haven't even talked to you about the big scene in Texas. I have to talk to you about the, the gun laws. It's tremendous. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Okay, welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Chris Salcedo coming up right after 
this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, hell or high water. One of the things that happened, as I was telling you, that uh, the guy at the uh, uh, Waffle House came out and shot the robber. In one of the scenes, in several scenes, I mean, everybody has guns. It's Texas. And uh, in, se- in one scene, uh, they rob a bank. Um, that's what they do. And uh, they come out of the bank, and there are at least, you know, half a dozen, maybe more, uh, people all starting to shoot at them uh, from the road because they knew the bank was being robbed, and it's Texas, and everybody carries a gun with them. And it was really, uh, I mean, it was great. A great scene, although, you know, fortunately, because you're rooting for the bad guys, you want them to get away. And I could be a spoiler for you, but I won't. I don't know why I won't. I just feel like I shouldn't be a spoiler because the movie isn't even out yet. Uh, it doesn't come out until August, but it is definitely a must-see, and I will definitely see it again. Um, hell or high water. Okay? Um, really good. Really good. So, Obama spent 79 mil or so on vacations in the last seven years, and you're thinking to yourself, hey, how come um, I wasn't able to spend even $1,000 on vacation? Well, maybe you don't make enough money. Maybe you should get a new job. What, did you ever think about that, huh? Ever think about that? Well, the Blaze posted 11 jobs, and they're title is you may be surprised to pay $100,000 or more. I'm not really surprised at the jobs. I'm kind of surprised that some of them don't make more, to be honest with you. It's a little disheartening. Um, this uh, Glassdoor is a recruiting website, and they compiled this list uh, of 11 careers that uh, can pay more than $100,000 a year. Okay, A special agent. Special agents work for law enforcement agencies or private companies and have a median pay of $125,000 a year. Airline pilot, certified airline pilots, uh, median pay is $134,000. Let's say I think some of the airline pilots have got to make more than that, right? Regional sales executive. Well, sales is always a big time. Regional sales executives, they say a median pay of $103,000. Sales are always uh, top-notch because it depends on what you sell. Right. Nurse practitioner. Yeah, real big these days. No kidding. Uh, if you're a nurse practitioner, have at least a master's degree in nursing, uh, you have a median pay of $100,000. $101,600. You have a master's degree in nursing. Wow. Reservoir engineer. Who doesn't want to be one of those for a hundred grand a year? The reservoir engineers find oil and gas reserves underground. They have a median pay of $143,000. That's not bad. That's not bad. Dentists. Dentists have a median pay of $129,000. Let me tell you something. Dentists, that's a lie. Dentists make at least a billion dollars a year because they're all criminals. They make a billion dollars. That's a quote from me. That's a lie. If you're a dentist and you make one hundred and twenty-nine thousand dollars and nine hundred and six, if you make a hundred and twenty-nine thousand nine hundred sixty-eight dollars, that's what you're putting on your taxes. The rest you've stolen. You cannot charge me what you charge me at the dentist's office and tell me you make one hundred twenty-nine thousand dollars. That's not impossible. That's impossible because if you're charging me that, I'm looking at your office with people sitting around 
no way, no way are you only pulling in 129000 Okay? Dentists equal criminal. Equity Research Associate, you can quote me. I'm telling you, dentist man, if you want your kid to be make money and be able to figure out how to uh, rob people legally, let them become a dentist because they all do it. You could just, I'm just telling you. I mean, if you're a dentist, you could say, oh, that's not true. Uh huh. That's part of your schooling to say that. I know. Equity Research Associate. Oh, boy, does that sound exciting. Equity Research Associate study financial trends. Oh, man, does that sound fun. They have a median pay of $100,000. Man, does that sound fun to study financial trends. Oh, wow. Love to do that. A geophysicist. Now you're talking. Geophysicists study the earth. Thank you. They have a median pay of $119,380. Huh. A geophysicist. Think of that. A geophysicist has a median pay less than what the criminal dentist says they're making. (laughs) That's amazing. Physician assistant. Physician assistants have a median pay of $100,392. If you're a physician assistant, you should go back to school and become a dentist. Drilling engineer. Drilling engineers ensure the safety of drilling gas, oil, or water. They have a median pay of $116,500. So the engineer makes one hundred sixteen, dollars but the guy who finds it makes one hundred forty. Okay. Guess that, I guess that's right. Couldn't be the couldn't have the engineer without me finding it for you. Software architect, software architects create computer softwares that have a median pay of one hundred and thirty nine thousand dollars. These are the guys that came up with Pokemon Go. Okay, I know it's software; it's not an app. I got it. So there you have it. Those uh, particular jobs pay over one hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, you know that's not a bad living. Here in America, not a bad living. And if you run a business, I was looking at, I mean, Utah, Texas, Colorado, Minnesota, North Carolina, top five states to live in uh, and to work in if you're a business, right? Utah, Texas, both tremendous. I could live in Utah, actually. I love that state. Uh, Texas, Colorado, Minnesota, North Carolina. Yeah. And rounding out and rounding out the top ten, the top states for businesses Washington, Michigan, Georgia, Iowa, and Florida. I find that hard to believe in Michigan. Things must have changed. Things must have changed in Michigan to make them number seven for business. Huh. Okay. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. Number seven for business in Michigan? I don't think so. And um, bad news. Uh, bad news for those of you that uh, go to McDonald's and uh, find yourself uh, find yourself. Hey, you know I'm going to McDonald's and uh, man, you know what? I'm just going to uh, use their free Wi-Fi for porn. Uh-uh. Not anymore. Sad news for you uh, people that want to surf porn at the McDonald's with the free Wi-Fi. Uh, no, uh, they're not letting it happen anymore. Very sad. They're going to be blocking the porn at the the corporate stores with the free Wi-Fi. 
So it's very sad. Although I do appreciate the places that do provide free Wi-Fi because there have been times uh, in my travels when I needed to have uh, when I needed to use Wi-Fi to assist me, and those were the only places that had it. And you were able to go in, and you know, obviously they would let you probably go in and sit there and not purchase anything. But I always felt like you know a freeloader doing that. So I always, you know, would buy the cheapest. <laughs> I mean, you have to buy something, right? So I would buy the, you know, it's the cheapest thing you got on the menu. Let me have one of those 99 cent, you know, ice creams. Now you just get a coffee. It's all. But you do buy something. And then you go in and use the Wi-Fi anyway. And I want to thank them for that. I appreciate it. And it wasn't, and sadly, if it was running one of my businesses, according to, uh, you know, the Pat and Stu show, which would be, you know, pornography websites. I couldn't do it at McDonald's anymore. That, my friends, is very sad. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. is the Jeff Fisher Show. That it is on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Blaze Radio Network. We really appreciate it. You can uh, go to theblaze.com for uh, news and information. You can also go to 180report.com. That's the numbers, 180report.com. New website that I found, and uh, it's kind of cool. It's got both sides, so you can check it out there. And I, I was just on a story about Sean King, uh, who was, you know, an author and a writer. And he was, you know, one of the ones uh, touted as, uh, you know, one of the forefront leaders of Black Lives Matter. But this is from a year ago, and I'm reminded of this. And it brings out the fact that it's all based on a lie. You know, Sean was uh, big time saying he was uh, at least mixed race, African descent, uh, no, uh, his parents are white. Okay, he's white. He may identify as a black man, but he is not a black man. And it just goes to, I mean, it's all based on a lie. And I can't take it. I can't take it. I could talk about Turkey some more. Eh. Talk about Nice some more. Eh. I could talk a little bit more about Black Lives Matter. Eh. You talk about uh, shoot them up, uh, shoot them up guns all over the country. Eh. No, I want to tell you some. Somebody sent me a list of jokes that are going to get you through the week. They're going to get you through the week. You can tell them to your kids. You're driving them to school. You're driving them to the park. You can tell them to your kids. Okay. This is uh, intelligent jokes. Okay, so you're going to need to think about these. All right. Knock knock. Who is there to, to who? No, to whom? What did the DNA say to the other DNA? Do these genes make me look fat? (laughs) A philosopher says to a linguist, 
what if instead of periods, women had apostrophes? The linguist replied, they'd be more possessive and have more frequent contractions. It's hard to explain puns to kleptomaniacs because they always take things literally. A Buddhist monk, I'm telling you, you can use these. We'll use these for your kids. It'll be fun. Take them with you. You're welcome. I'm here for you. Lighten the load a little bit for you. A Buddhist monk approaches a burger food truck and says, make me one with everything. The Buddhist monk pays with a $20 bill, which the vendor takes, puts in the cash box, and closes the lid. Where's my change, the monk asks. The vendor replies, change comes from within. Helium walks into a bar. The bartender says, we don't serve noble gases in here. Helium doesn't react. Two chemists go into a restaurant. The first one says, I think I'll have an H2O. The second one says, I think I'll have an H2O too. He died. What did the scientist say when he found, look, you can take these with, they're funny. I mean, I'm laughing at these. Okay. So they're funny and you take them with you. Kids will love them too. What did the scientist say when he found two isotopes of helium? He, he. (laughs) A linguist professor, a linguistics professor, says during a lecture that in English, a double negative forms a positive. But in some languages, such as Russian, a double negative is still a negative. However... In no language in the world can a double positive form a negative. A voice from the back. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, right. I would make another chemistry joke, but all the good ones are gone. I wish there was a knob on the TV to turn up the intelligence. There's a knob called brightness, but it doesn't work. The Higgs bosom walks into a church. The priest says, we don't allow Higgs bosoms in here. The Higgs bosom says, but without me, how could you have mass? I heard that oxygen and magnesium got together, and I was like, OMG. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) There's a couple more of them. However, in no language in the world can a double positive form a negative. Yeah, right. Have a good week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Chris Salcedo standing by. He'll be he'll be more serious. You take these jokes with you, okay?
All right? You take care of yourself. And seriously, no matter what anybody says, you look good in that outfit you're wearing today. Seriously. Wow. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.